We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The COVID-19 pandemic has been devastating for millions across the planet. But every once in a while, a rainbow emerges from the storm. I could have like a whole year to transition. I was like, I have to seize this moment. There will never be another time like this. The coronavirus pandemic forced a lot of us to self-reflect. And for some, well, they realized their true self. This is The Daily J. I'm Zach Clark. One of the biggest marks of the pandemic, especially in the early days, were lockdowns. Social gatherings were halted. People began to work from home. It was an odd reality. It forced people to really reevaluate things. People came out of the pandemic, some with different views on things like work-life balance. Some people, they found the courage to be who they really are at their human core. My colleague Emily Roth has an article at WWJNewsRadio.com about a woman we'll call Sarah. She didn't want to use her real name. For Sarah, some things were already clear pre-pandemic. She told me that she knew she was genderqueer. She knew for sure that she wasn't male. Um, she already came out to her wife. So I went into the pandemic already understanding that I was genderqueer. I had come out to my wife a number of years before with the idea that I was like, I know that I'm not cis. I know that I, this isn't working, especially because I work in a very conservative work environment. At the time, I was still in communication with my parents who were very conservative. I had told my wife that effectively I wasn't going to transition. I, I knew that I wasn't male and it wasn't working. But she made the decision ultimately that she wasn't going to transition. So before COVID, Sarah was a man, at least as far as the casual observer could tell. Like Emily reported, Sarah, she didn't feel right. She knew her life was more complicated than that, but she didn't want to make her work life more difficult. But once the reality of the pandemic and the restrictions set in, it was, for lack of a better term, go time. Exactly. I mean, like, there was a point where all of us realized that the pandemic wasn't just two weeks like we thought it was going to be. Um, and when that hit her, you know, she said, like, she had this moment where, like, this was the time. In June, which would have been, like, month three of working from home, you know, it's Pride Month, and I'm talking to all of my friends who, you know, a number of my social circle are also trans, and realizing that I was going to be stuck at home potentially for like nine months. My place of work had pushed our return back a couple of times, and it just kept slipping back. I kind of came to terms with the fact that like, I could have like a whole year to transition out of that public eye, and... I was like, I have to seize this moment. There will never be another time like this. I will never be told by my work to just stay at home. And at that point, it was like, this is everything I could have asked for. Emily's story talks about how the pandemic may have made it easier for Sarah to transition. Easier. It didn't make it easy. But the age of social media has made faceless communication part of the societal norm. Well, the point of this story is that, that this is a COVID result, but to me, it's interesting the things about COVID that, that made it easier for her. 
Right. So during COVID, you know, work was Zoom calls, Twitter, Facebook. That's how we socialized during that time. Um, and so her transition socially was made so much easier because we all had to put up that social media internet wall between us and other people. Well, she said specifically, like, not doing it in person didn't make it easier, but something about, you know, putting it out there on social media and just knowing that it's out of your hands was easier than doing it in public. It's a lot easier to just, you know, schedule that tweet and walk away and know that it'll go up and it's out of your power and out there. By November, I had started socially being, you know, a woman. It didn't take too long for my mom's genes to kick in on my side. Um, And then at work, I came out at the end of December. In January, our group got reorganized and disbanded. And so I got put into a new group and I just never came out at work. One day, old me ceased to exist. And the next day, new me showed up. Sarah told Emily back there that she really didn't have to come out at work because of the way things shook out. She was really able to just shed who she had been with her old group and present her current self to her new team. There's a bit of a catch here. Sarah still has to work with customers in her job. Emily says that Sarah's childhood prepared her for that moment. With our transgender youth, they all know that they're different. And she knew that you know, being a man wasn't her identity and she knew something was wrong. Even if she didn't have the vocabulary for it at the time, she knew she was genderqueer. And unfortunately, you know, feeling different from others and people calling you weird, um, she said that she had to put on this mask. And those skills that you learn when you're not out as transgender became a lot of these traits that she adopted that helped her get the position she's in now at her job and excel at that job. On the the customer-facing side is where it gets much more fraught and much more difficult because we do have to have conversations about how our customers perceive queerness and otherness in general. I am a systems integration engineer, so it is a very soft skill-oriented kind of engineering, which um, I unfortunately am very good at as much as I don't really enjoy it. One of the skills that I worked on subconsciously throughout my teen years and into my 20s, especially when it was like dealing with my parents, was the mask. Putting on the mask and just listening to people say shit that you disagreed with or you thought was bad or wrong or even actively hurt you and just smiling and nodding. So these soft skills that I built, keeping people, quote unquote, on my side, ended up really putting me where I am in the company now. Sometimes irony can be funny. It can be really funny. It usually makes me laugh. Humor in unfairness. But sometimes irony is a cruel slap in the face. Remember, Sarah wants people to identify her as a woman. She's a woman. She built up the courage and transitioned, and she wants to be treated accordingly. Part of the problem is she got exactly what she wanted. You know, Sarah, she wanted people to think of her as a woman. The problem is they did. Right. And misogyny... (laughs) It shows how misogyny can just transcend so many boundaries. I mean, it shows that people don't need to see your genitals to know if you're a woman or not. Um, So when she started presenting feminine and came out at her job, so did the misogyny. It followed. Because of the pandemic and the anonymity provided by, like, 
I'm not in the office all that often. You know, we know each other purely through avatars and names and stuff like that, voices on web calls. But one of the things that it has really struck me is the the blatantness of the misogyny. The workplace isn't too toxic, but it's a very male-dominated industry. And so, like, one of the things that I noticed pretty quickly is I get talked over a lot more in meetings. I have recent college grads trying to tell me, a subject matter expert, how my job works. The COVID-19 pandemic is really hard to put into perspective, especially right now while it's still going on, even if not nearly as forcefully as at the onset. There is no way to put a silver lining on something that's killed 6 million people globally. But that doesn't mean that every inch of every second of the pandemic was utterly devastating for everybody. People like Sarah were given a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and they took it. The pandemic, it changed all of us, but some of us just saw a bit more drastic change. Thank you so much to Sarah for speaking with my colleague Emily Roth about her transition during the pandemic. You can read much more about Sarah's journey at www.jnewsradio.com. Our theme music was written and produced by Ozone Music and Sound in Royal Oak. I'm Zach Clark, and this is The Daily J. Thanks for listening. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.